0: If you grew up in the church, the kind of church you grew up in had a lot to do with how you saw the Bible and God and how you were supposed to live your life. Let's face it, how we are conditioned has a lot to do with how we respond. That's the way it is. Had we been born in another part of the world, we'd probably have a different faith altogether. Your circumstances are your circumstances. Your life is your life, your history, your history. And what that means to you is personal. Everyone's experience is different. And so I want to invite you right now to start thinking about your own experience and background. Let it it kind of play in the back of your mind as the sermon Continues. For me, I grew up, well, pretty much taking things for granted, just as a kid would if you went to church most Sundays and didn't think too much about it. It's just kind of the way things happened in my family. We just went to church. That's what we did. It was a congregational United Church of Christ church, and I didn't question a whole lot. I just went along with things. And it wasn't until college that I learned to search and question. And when taking religious studies courses, that I realized that the tensions and challenges of life are reflected all throughout the Bible. The Bible is filled with the tensions and struggles of life as we experience them. These winter weeks, we are exploring living the verses of Scripture. For many Christians, living the verses of Scripture is their total pursuit. In other words, living according to the Word. It's as if they say to themselves, if I can just do that, just live according to the Word, and just live that way in accordance with the Word, then everything will be Okay, that's not all bad, but the danger is it can lead to a very narrow view of the Bible on the one hand, and it can also lead to a retreat into the Bible that will keep them from fully engaging the real tensions and struggles of the world where life isn't always pretty, neat, and tidy. Living the verse us. U.S. of Scripture. Here, the U.S. in verses is about us. U.S. us. If we are to live authentically in the world, there will always be tensions and conflict, struggles and stress, competing values and perspectives. There were in the Bible and there are in our world today. Our exploration, I want to be very clear, is not meant to be dualistic, sort of an either-or. Because life is always a mixture of everything. Life is a mixture. What the actual Scriptures can do for us is help us live in and through those tensions and verses so that, so that we will not retreat from real life or give up but so that we can live faithfully in the midst of all that life brings. Whether we know it or not, we are constantly confronted with conflicting choices. And one of the main purposes of this perspective is to point out some of the important choices we face as we try to live the verses of Scripture and offer some spiritual and scriptural perspective and insight on those voices and choices which are part of the real world. Walter Brueggemann, one of our own UCC scholars and theologians, who was an Old Testament professor for many, many years, wrote a book called The Bible Makes Sense. And here's what the first line in the book says. It is strange that the Bible is our most treasured book. And yet, it seems so difficult that we don't find it very helpful. Many people don't actually find the Bible to be all that helpful. What's well, my hope that through these sermons we will find the Scriptures very helpful in our daily living. Well, the choice we are exploring today is... Vibrancy, vibrancy versus vegetating. Vegetating. I love this cartoon where a woman is speaking to her friend as she looks at her husband stretched out in the hammock. And she says, he's dreamed the impossible dream, but he hasn't got a chance to beat the unbeatable foe. Or as humorist James Thurber put it, it's better to have loafed than never to have loafed at all. (laughs) There is a propensity for many to just lay back and let life go on and to just take it easy, sort of like the old couch potato. But that's not just true in our time. That's been true throughout history. Here's the prophet Amos. Alas, for those who lie on beds of ivory and lounge on their couches and eat lambs from the flock and calves from the stall, who sing idle songs, who drink wine from bulls and anoint themselves with the finest oils, they shall now be the first to go into exile and the revelry of the loungers shall pass away. Laziness can be a real problem. I suspect that ever since the Second World War, at least in our lifetimes, that practically every generation since then, parents have struggled with how their children are lazier than they were. I'm sure I was lazier than my parents when I was a kid growing up. It reminds me of the manager who was asked by his laziest employee for a recommendation for another job. The manager thought hard all night about what he could say that would be honest without hurting the man's chances. And so here's what he came up with. You will be lucky if you can get him to work for you. But lest we think laziness is somebody else's problem, we would do well, again, to look in the mirror. I know there have been times when I have been frazzled and said something like this, I just need to veg out for a while. Vegetating is very different than resting. Vegetating is wanting to be detached like having amnesia from the struggles of life. Vegetating is like the lights are on, but nobody's home. It can be zoned out in front of the television. Resting, on the other hand, does not check out from reality. Rather, it goes to the source of true life-giving energy and that, of course, is God. Resting in God. Vibrancy is the opposite of vegetating. And spiritual vibrancy requires effort on our part. Some of you may remember Norman Vincent Peale. You remember Norman Vincent Peale? Okay, you're old enough to remember His mother once said to him when he was a boy, so I'm going back, remember I asked you to think about your own formative experiences and backgrounds and histories. This is one of the most important ones that he had, and he shares it in one of his books. He said that his mother once said to him gently, I've been giving you advice all of your life, Norman. Some of it you have taken, and some of it you haven't. But here is a suggestion I want you to take. Realize that the world is a thrill with beauty and excitement. Keep yourself sensitized to it. Love the world, its beauty, and its people. Needless to say, it made a positive influence in his life. The power of positive thinking. That was what he was all about. Well, this is where the verses of Scripture comes in. I want you to hear again a portion of our first text that Lois, thank you Lois for reading and B for filling in this morning. This is from First Thessalonians. But we appeal to you Brothers and sisters, to respect those who labor among you and have charge of you in the Lord and admonish you. Esteem them highly and love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves. And we urge you, beloved, to admonish the idlers. Admonish the idlers. Admonish those who consciously or by default are vegetating. And here's where part of the spiritual effort for vibrancy comes in. Encourage the faint-hearted. Help the weak. Be patient with all of them. See that none of you repays evil for evil. But always seek to do good to one another and to all. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God. In Christ Jesus for you. Vibrancy versus vegetating. Admonish the idlers. It's it's just way too easy to sit back and let life slip by. But when you catch the spirit Paul's talking about, you can have zeal appeal. Zeal appeal appeal. Zeal and enthusiasm are contagious and so is lack of them. You hang around people who have no zest, no zeal, no enthusiasm and pretty soon your spirit goes flat too. Paul goes on to say, Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise the words of the prophet, but test everything and hold fast to what is good. A spirit of vibrancy, aliveness, is not something to be controlled. It is a peppy, zestful, lively way of being and it is to be shared. Having zeal appeal. You know the word enthusiasm comes from two Greek words en it's en in the Greek it's in for us and then the word it comes the root is from theos which is god in god or having god in you when you have god in you you're enthused and when you don't you ain't listen to paul in our other texts From Romans, having gifts that differ, according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in teaching, the one who exhorts in exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who gives aid with zeal, the one who acts, does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Let let love let love be genuine, not manufactured. Let love be genuine. Hate what is evil, hold fast to what is good, love one another with brotherly and sisterly affection, outdo one another in showing honor, never flag in here it is again, never flag in zeal. Never flag in zeal. Be aglow, be aglow with the Spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in your hope. Be patient in jubilation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints. And practice hospitality. Practice hospitality. Now friends, that is anything but vegetating. On the contrary, that's having zeal appeal. Years wrinkle the skin. But lack of zest and enthusiasm wrinkles the soul. It really does. So, The next time you feel like vegging out, the next time I feel like vegging out, we need to tell ourselves, we're not going to retreat from life and zone out. If we need to rest, rest. But rest in God. And then ask yourself, in what specific way can I serve? How can I contribute? How can I help someone? And to whom can I show mercy and grace? Think of those things and find at least one concrete action and do it with cheerfulness and enthusiasm. The MLK holiday is coming up in eight days. I want to share two sentences from Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. He once said, life's most persistent and urgent question is, what are you doing for others? And everyone must decide whether they will walk in the light of creative altruism or in the darkness of destructive selfishness. Living the verses of Scripture. For That's what having zeal appeal is all about. Vibrancy versus vegetating. The Apostle Paul puts it better than I can. I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, never flag in zeal. Be aglow with the Spirit and serve the Lord. Don't serve yourself. Serve the Lord. Having zeal appeal.